When dudes rock, they roll. Hello and welcome to the Dudes Roll Podcast, where we discuss everything from D&D to Mango LaCroix. I'm your host, Jake, joined as always by my co-host, Meyer. What's up? And today is a very special episode because we are joined by our good friend and uh, frequent D&D party member, Jared. Here you go, Jared. Introduce What's yourself. Up, Jared? Uh, thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm Jared, as these two know. Um, I recently actually started D&D about my end of sophomore year, early junior year of college. So pretty new, but I fell in love with it and I'm very happy to be here. So, I mean, yeah, I I introduced Meyer. If you guys listened to the previous episode, um, I did introduce Meyer to his first campaign and both him and I ever since have been in invested very heavily in the dnd infatuated so. yeah as infatu- I, like to say. I i did hear you say that word yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was what was your first um oh you're gonna have to forgive us as well our recording setup is a little bit janky today um we only have two microphones so me and jared are going to be trading off um the mic but i wanted to ask you jared what was your first campaign like like who was dming what did you play as all that so- sort of stuff so if I remember correctly, um, our good friend Mr. DJ was the um, <laughs> he was the DM, and I gotta tell you, he's, he's Wait, that was your first time playing. That was my first time playing. Um, so my first character, well, just to say, shout out DJ, crazy good DM. He is yeah. really really good at it. Very talented. I'm um, very creative. But my first character, I don't remember his name, but I do remember he was a Dragonborn Berserker. Barbarian. Barbarian. Well, I went. I was going to the Berserker oh, path, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I remember I was a white dragonborn, and I thought I was so cool. I was so happy. That was it was such a cool time to start as a character. I I, I kind of regret choosing dragonborn though, to be honest. Really? Why's that? <laughs> I'm a dwarf guy, dog. Yeah, I'm a dwarf true. guy at heart. Are dwarf you kidding so me? Where it's at, dude. I love dwarfs. Tofnar, dog. Dude. Tofnar, <laughs> long drink, yeah, baby. Tofnar, uh, you play in my session, the Everstone Chronicles. Uh, as Tofnar and uh, you're definitely an integral part of the of the story and we really wanted to bring you on today because um, uh, in I guess what what is your why don't you name your session now that we we're um, able to this is actually called Narul's Grip Narul's Grip that is the name of my session but we don't have a name for the party yet but um, Narul is a uh, deity and he is the deity of death he is in particular the um the patron of jared's character which his character is named nados do you want to give a little backstory about nados without spoiling too much for jake yeah so um i guess i met my deity last session (laughs) your patron so well my patron but my character um in uh, myers campaign is a Gith Zorai, and I've never heard of a Gith before until this campaign, and it was an interesting race. I thought it would be perfect to combo with a Warlock, and it's my first time, you know, trying this combo out. I really like the Warlock class, I gotta say. They are fucking sick, dude. I love Warlocks so much. Eldritch freaking blast, baby. (laughs) Eldritch blast. That's all I'm saying. You get no spell slots, so all you do is cast Eldritch blast, dude. So, um, before we get into any D&D stuff, we always got to do our roundtable of what we did this week. So, I think yep. we should start off with our guest, Jared. Um, Jared, what's been going on with you this week? What have you been up to? So, this week's been uh, pretty hectic, actually. I've just been kind of doing, you know, homework, as you know, you guys have to do as well. Um, but, funny enough, D&D related, I have started to convert a few of my roommates, who are typically, you know, the... 
and I love them to death, stereotypical jock boys, um, <laughs> but I have begun to convert them. I think that it was a good step. I made one of my uh, roommate's characters. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it was my first character creation, actually. Um, he ended up, <laughs> you guys ready for this? Yeah. He wants to be a hyper evil, hyper evil druid, but he wants a duck army. It's duck army? he wants an army of ducks. It's like that. Um, what's that question? Where you uh, would you rather face a uh, thousand horse-sized ducks or one duck-sized horse? Definitely not the duck-sized horse. Yeah. No, hell no. Oh uh, no. No, it's no. no, I would not it's fight the duck-sized horse. Oh, the horse. It's a thousand horse-sized. Uh, no, it's yeah. one horse-sized duck. Versus a thousand duck-sized yeah, horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So anyway, I made his character, um, and he is so set on being evil that no matter what I, t- I'm like, you should tr- probably just start out like lawful neutral or like chaotic neutral even. And he's like, no, I'm chaotic evil. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take everything. And I was like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all right. Does he? <laughs> like, I hope he fully understands like what chaotic evil is. Yeah, and that'll be so. That's gonna be the first session I'll be DMing um, ever, which would be will, will be interesting, but it's still in the works, like very very preliminary yeah. works. So, um, anything else you want to say in your week or anything like that? Other than that, man, it's been a pretty typical week, just working. You know, trying to save as much money so I can buy more. Uh, you know, D and D stuff. That's always a struggle. Um, Meyer, what about you? Oh, man. I have, again, I have not done much this week. I uh, I fixed my sleep schedule. That's good. <laughs> That's a big accomplishment for this week. Um, I think um, I've been watching more movies on my own. I've watched, uh, I think I watched like three. Uh, normally I watch them like only would you, but. Are you going to tell us what you watch? Uh, I, I'll tell the most recent one. I watched uh, Better Than Fiction with Will Fale. And, um, I haven't seen it. I'm trying to think of the. Uh, there's another go. It's Stranger Than Fiction. I know Strang- what you're talking yeah, about. Stranger yeah, Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, that's what it's called. And I've been watch. I watched that like two nights ago. And I that is one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Yeah, because wow. I saw it a long time ago in wow. theaters. Like, and I haven't, I forgot the name of it, haven't seen it since then. And then I saw it on Netflix recently, and I was just like, I can't believe I found it. I knew Will <laughs> Fail was in it, but I could never find it because he's in so many goddamn movies that you have to look up, like, what what movie was Will Fail in? And then, you know, you get a list of like a hundred thousand fucking movies. Well, what else did you watch, my friend? Um, mostly, you know, I watched two other movies. I don't remember the name of them, nice, so nice. I'm not going to dive into them. But I've also been watching, you know, the typical critical role. Of course. Always with you. Yeah. Always. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm trying to catch up. So I'm I'm a little behind. I'm at episode 56 out of 126. Dude, you're <laughs> you're almost halfway through. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. That's uh, just I, one campaign, right? Yeah, that's just one campaign. Um, I, I'm trying to catch up so I can watch it live every week. So I gotta ask, throughout like watching Critical Role, and you know, you've consumed quite a lot of content from them recently. Way too much. D- do you think that it's helped contribute to your infatuation and potentially the way you develop like your story as a DM, or just the way you play D and D as a whole? 
A hundred percent. I I base my um, I do base my uh, how I try to build a narrative the same way that Matt Mercer does, and shout out to him. But like he does it a fantastic way. I'm, and I do s- like I'm not gonna say steal, but I do construct ideas based off of him. Like you iterate. Yeah, he. That's a good word. He does all um, of them. <laughs> He he actually does something really interesting. I haven't seen any other DM do, and I've watched a lot of D D, not just Critical Role. Is that is what he did? Is what I did with you? Is that he makes whatever, and it's not just warlocks. He does it for monks. He does it for um, clerics. He does it for paladins. He does it for whatever someone that has a higher power or someone that needs to teach them. He makes them part of the story, like their deities, their gods, and all that part of the story, and them having reactions to them as they grow as their class and stuff like that. I think that, like, one of the main things, at least from what I've watched, because you put me on a critical role, and I gotta say, definitely sparked my interest in D&D, like, crazy. Um, I I think one of the things that they do really well is non-combat interactions, I oh think that God. their character development through the non-combat oper- like whole operations that they do it's, it's incredible. I think that their their villain development too. Matt Mercer is oh my God. brilliant with the way he builds antagonists. So I I don't like to stick to like um, talking about one thing so much, but because you know I I'm kind of a fanboy of it, but at the same time this is our own podcast and I don't want to. Yeah, we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I I just I like you know that's their own thing, and I don't want to like you know we're talking D and D, and the first thing when people think about D and D they think of Critical Role. So exactly. yeah, at this point in our internet age, Critical Role is synonymous with yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly, and they have the full support from Wizard of the Coast and D and D Beyond. Anyone that is big in D and D or helps curate D and D, they're they're the poster child. Exactly. Yeah. So and and I. I love D and D to death, but I want it to. I don't like. I don't want to say this, and I'm not trying to be rude in any way. Like I'm not trying to suck their dick. <laughs> 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 if I like fair, to be a hundred percent honest, because like it, I like I will talk like I will talk critical role all day, but like we want to talk about our own narratives, our own ideas, and what we go about. And obviously, a lot of that's inspired because my infatuation is even more brood because I'll be watching D and D all week. And then when we get to our sessions and we miss it, I'm just like, fuck, I had a thing planned out for a whole week, what I was going to do and how I was going to develop my character. For sure. And I, I want to apologize on the record here. Um, <laughs> I, I quite frequently uh, have supposed excuses for missing, but I apologize because I know how much it means to you. So. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, a busy dude. And I, I don't blame anyone because I get life as a thing. Eh, like, I could care less. <laughs> fuck D&D. Why are, why are we talking about D&D? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm leaving podcasts. <laughs> this is it. So, I mean, in regards, getting back on, you know, D&D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't we take us through the last session? You want to go through the last session? I think right. that it... I think yeah. that either last session could be good, or maybe a little, maybe a little prelim of Everstone soon, because I am hyped on both ends. <laughs> yeah, I love playing Topnar and I love playing NATO. So before we get there, we gotta hear about Jake's week. That's right. 
I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this you're is, never coming back, man. Yeah. <laughs> just this is why we have co-hosts. <laughs> two, two hosts to keep it on track. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so uh, my week, uh, my week consists of the same thing all the time. I'm now I'm in my uh, last semester of senior year. So, yeah. So it's like, you know how much work it is to do. And you have a full time job as well. That is correct, and it is not fun. <laughs> so I think you have a lot of valid excuse to miss D and D. I think I there is some validity in you know having you know priorities, but overall, when it comes down to like my well being and whatnot, D and D is an integral part of that because it lets me just do what I want creatively, and it lets me just have fun with my friends. So like honestly, I need it to kind of you know balance out the the stressors of life. Yeah, 100 percent. It's it's kind of just like especially during like covid times. And even though you are not living with us and everyone else plays living with us, you're all you're like right down the block and you are like one of the most safe people about covid that I know of. Like you don't go out of your way to like hang out with people that you shouldn't hang out with that you don't know if they're safe or not. Whereas we are basically the only people that see you besides like significant others and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like, I've kind of been bred on the idea of like, you know, not wholly fend for yourself. But if if it's a smart decision to fend for yourself, do that. I mean, it's just with the given circumstances that are going on in the world right now, you can't really do much besides just, you know, be safe. And, you know, with the whole susceptibility to people getting it, it's just it, there's no point in chancing it when you can spend the time with the people you care about. So. Yeah, and exactly. That's like why it's so perfect that you're playing with us. Um, so yeah, back to my week. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the beauty of uh, this trio. Your right week here. sucks, <laughs> basically. No, um, I uh, well, it's um, one of our friend, one of our roommates' birthdays uh, this weekend. So we're gonna it like. Is? I'm yes. kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're gonna like hang out and like have a couple drinks. Uh, and, I don't drink. And uh, I was at the uh, comic book shop just a little little bit down the road. And, uh, yeah, that's E. And um, I was... Don't spoil it. I, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I always, uh, every time I go in there, I peruse the DVDs and Blu-ray section. And uh, this week, I came home with, like, a lot of fucking movies. Dude, every time I go into that E, I spend at least $30. <laughs> exactly. Um so I, I got a bunch of movies. Uh, I've been watching a bunch of movies. And my re- resolution for 2021, I don't know if I told you this, but was to watch a movie a day. I think you said that every episode so far. <laughs> yeah, I said. guess I just haven't told anyone else. Yeah. Why did you make that out of all things your New Year's resolution? I'm just curious. I'm not like saying well, it. Well, I know. think it's a great resolution because it's very obtain uh, doable. Uh, I said obtainable. Because attainable. Yeah, obtainable. <laughs> what uh, uh, do no, attainable? But no, you're. Gobble. I think. I think you're. I think you're right because what's that? An hour and a half, two hours out of your day. It, it could even be right before you go to bed. He said that short films count as well, which I thought was bullshit. Oh. But um, he said that like it could be twenty minutes if he's having a really busy day. He could sit down for twenty minutes, watch a short film, and get it over with. Which I still think is bullshit. Commit to your one hour. Well, um, I just want to let you guys kn- know I broke my resolution. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, it's just like I have class all day Monday, Tuesdays, and then Wednesday we usually do D and D. 
So I don't really find time for myself to do movies anymore. So I've decided to move away from the one movie a day because it's such a rigid structure. And I felt like I was starting to get burned out. Like every single day I'm like, okay, I got to watch a new movie today. When really I don't have an interest to watch a movie today. Forcing myself to watch a movie isn't fun for me. So basically the reason why I did it, it, to answer your question, is because I really love movies. And um, I have a the only social media that I'm basically active on is Letterboxd, which you know about. Yeah, you got me onto it. Same I don't here. really use it. I'm, I'm not gonna too. lie, but Jake is one of the only people that I know that uses it, and the kids he's all he's all over it. It's like it's the only app that I actually put time and effort into. So rev- like just looking at my diary of seeing like I watched this movie that day, I watched this movie that day. Here's my rating for it, and here's my thoughts and like a review. So that's the reason why I wanted to like challenge myself in a way. And it did get a little bit tough and I got burnt out. So I decided to take a break for a couple days. And now I'm uh, back into it. I watched, uh, I actually watched a Do the Right Thing yesterday. Have you guys seen that or heard of it? No idea. So it's uh, Spike Lee's big breakout movie. Um, Spike Lee, the guy who directed The Five Bloods, which I talked to you about it's a little such bit. Such a good movie. You watched it? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. It, it's a really good movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So um, Spike Lee is a very famous, like he's basically um, the indie filmmaker of New York City that is for black voices. Like he's nice. a, uh, yeah, exactly. He's a he's a black man and he makes movies exclusively abla- about black stories. Didn't he do the uh, other movie we watched recently? Uh, Boys and Oh, he did. Uh, no, that's Mel Brooks. He did Black Klansman. Oh, which we watched in like the same week. Yeah, (laughs) but he did Black Klansman. But do the right thing with his breakout role, where it's like a street in um, uh, Bed Stuy, and it's all about one day in the life of this pizza delivery guy, played by Spike Lee, and the whole neighborhood is black, but he works at an Italian pizza joint. And uh, tensions begin where every, it's like the hottest day of the week and everyone is like starting to come to that like boiling point and tensions start to flare by the end of the movie is all I'm going uh, to say to not spoil anything. But yeah, it was a really good movie. The thing I found interesting about it is it was a very, in my mind, a very complicated movie with characters that like, you know how in movies sometimes a character says something but then they do another thing? Yeah, they yeah, contradict yeah, for themselves. Sure. I mean, it's just like the way humans conduct themselves. Sorry, what did you say, Meyer? Uh, they contradict themselves. Yeah, they contradict themselves. Oh. It's like what humans do. And there's very much that in the movie. It's very much uh, characters that contradict themselves and characters that um, don't always live up to the ideals that they want to. Like, do the right thing. The name of the movie comes from one of the oldest members of the block who is an old man who is actually a drunk and spends most of his time, like, paying kids to go to the um, go to the market for him to grab him a beer. And at one point, he stops Mookie, who's the main character, and he's like, Mookie, I got, I got something to tell you. And he's like, dude, I, I'm doing a pizza delivery. Like, y- you can't stop me. And he's just like, here's the thing. Do the right thing. Always do the right thing. And that question permeates throughout the whole film of did Sal do the right thing? Did uh, Buggin' Out do the right thing? Did Mookie do the right thing? And it it all comes to a head at the very end of the movie, which is a very chaotic ending is all I'll say. But yeah, it was a really good film and I definitely recommend it because it's very important. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to think about it. Isn't like, isn't that basically what every human asks themselves as they go through life? Like do the right thing. For sure. For sure. But what is, but what is right. Yeah. That's, and that's, 
that's the whole question. And I'm going to dive into a little philosophy here. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Some this Socrates? Could, this could be uh, Maya's <laughs> madness uh, <laughs> madness monologue or whatever the fuck. Your uh, Maya's monologue of madness. That's what it's called. I don't even know the name of my own bit. <laughs> but basically, like, if you think about the... Um, the concept of like doing the right thing and uh, obviously we all know based off society norms what the right thing is and i don't think anyone can fucking deny what is right and wrong because you know mm-hmm. there's obvious things like you don't want to kill someone like that's wrong yeah but like there's the side thing of where like what if that was okay like what where is that wanted and stuff like that. Because the only people that can want that right now is the governments of some places. I mean, I don't even think they... Not to get on any political level or no, no, political spectrum. But I don't even think they have the the authority, in my opinion, to take another person's life. I think that no one has that right. I mean, that's my opinion. And that's solely my opinion. So that's about all I'll say. But no, I know. I'm not, I'm not trying to dive into political because it's the last thing we want to do. It's yeah. the best thing to avoid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a very political movie, so I understand why our conversation is veering to that way. And it's actually, it was made in 1989. And uh, just to finish my thoughts and finish my week, um, it ends on, well, it, I don't say it, it ends because it's, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, what happened during this year in the summer uh, with like moments in our society that were very controversial and very much looked upon literally happens in this movie. There's literally a moment that you can watch and be like, wow, that still happens today. That's so messed up. And it's just crazy that like you can make, and it's an indie film, obviously like you can look at it and be like, that is definitely a, a film made by, he went to NYU. So like it's literally a student film. I mean, he did it after he graduated, but it's literally something that he came up with and wrote and it's still prevalent today. Which I think I didn't love it. I didn't think it was a masterpiece, but I did think it was very culturally important. Yeah, and it's sometimes it's like it's crazy to think and fascinating that people can uh, predict that things are still happening, but it's also sad at the same time, depending on the context. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, to finish my week, though, it was a great movie. I definitely recommend everyone um, go out and view it. But um, I guess this comes to the end of our week. The um, longest week intro we've had. <laughs> well, we got three people. It, it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm a chatterbox, so we all know that. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> we, we just dove into other conversations as we dove in. But, yeah. So, yeah, let's get back to it. Um, this uh, past week, we ran, um, I'm sorry, what is it called? Now Rules Grip? Now Rules Grip. Now Rules Grip. And uh, um, it was session three? Four. Session four. Session four. Okay. Yep. And, um... Why don't you give us a little backstory about Nerul's grip and like what's going on right now? So, um, we are in the world of Mula, and I've explained it a little bit, but um, we are about twenty years after dragons have been released into the world. So there's no dragonborns. It's uh, kind of a chaotic time. Uh, everyone is at war with the Southern Empire. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head because you know. I don't have notes in front of me, but um, they they were the ones that um, well the higher end council of that southern empire summoned the portal to the dragon realm. 
and during that time it destroyed the pe- there was a there's a center there was a center continent in which everyone lives on well not everyone uh, it's where all the high uh diplomatic leaders lived and it was where everyone came to talk about peace and stuff like that and these mage councils uh this council of mages sorry came and opened the portal on that island and ended up killing some of the world's highest leaders and stuff like that and we actually had a one shot um jake and i about um the first time that it was opened and you played as some of the characters that ruled the land of calcif yeah um it's just kind of funny because um i have some insider knowledge on a couple characters that have appeared throughout the uh the session already and uh I may or may not have done things with them that you, I guess, weren't expecting because we ended the session and you were like, that was not what I expected, but that's perfect. Yeah, uh, like that works out because it's still, it, it, it's great. And I'll I mean, should we talk about it? Are we, are we, yeah, let- uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the one shot because it wasn't okay. one shot and it was originally going to be a campaign for one of my other friends, uh, um, K1N. Is, uh, am, am I going to have anything spoiled for me? Um, no, it's backstories for NPCs. Okay. okay. Which you won't, you, and it's a little lore for you as well. And you, um, you can come to know their backstories. And I'm assuming, uh, uh, can you take a guess at the two NPCs that it would be that he interacted with? Uh, I want to say it's my patron. No, no, no Tom. Tom, Tom yeah. Okay, okay, yep. okay, of course, Tom. Um, one more is Irix. Irix. All right, good, good. Yeah. Um. So, the so the backstory is that um Jake's character in this one shot, we're going way back in my story. This is not the current campaign that we run. This is a one shot that uh proceeded that was going to be its own campaign, and but this precedes my current campaign. It's twenty years before when the Dragon Run was first opened. The one shot was the day of the opening of the portal. And so he was the high king and ruler of, um, well, it was Rowan, uh, Rodin. Rohan. Rohan. Um, Lord of the Rings, bro? Uh, no, I just came up with Lord Rowan. of the Rings? I actually don't know much about Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, well, I, Rohan is important, an integral part of Lord of the Rings. I've seen Lord of the Rings, but the last time I watched them, I was like 12. The Riders of Rohan, but continue, but continue. Yes. Um, I just want to say I've never, I I mean, I've seen Lord of the Rings. I've just also never been a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I mean, I am a fan of Lord of the Rings, but I've never been the guy who like watches them all. I'm like, this is amazing. I've always been like, those are good movies. I I don't even like, I just don't know the lore. That's all it is. That's where I come in. (laughs) (laughs) And I know a few characters and stuff like that, but nothing that where I would steal names. Just to clarify. Continue. (laughs) Continue. But um, Rohan is the leader of Kalkif, which is the land for all the people where everyone lives and the main center of the major trade city called Kelt, which is where um, the campaign just left um, in my campaign. But basically, they go to this thing and they're all talking about how to make peace between the Orkland and the um, Mage Council. And why they're having this big old meeting with all of the most powerful world leaders. 
um, the leader of the Mage Council disappears. Uh, Irix and uh, Tom, which are apprentices of the Kalkith leaders um, <laughs> uh, and best friends, run in and warn them that, hey, uh, we uh, are being invaded. They don't know what's going on. Like, what the fuck is this? There's magical beasts outside. Help us. And as as Rohan walked out of the uh, uh, the meeting room, he looked out to see over the... You, do you mean Tom? No, Rohan. I thought Rohan was... Rohan... Yeah, do you want to clarify a bit? Rohan is a level 20 wizard. Tom is his apprentice. Which, at that time, he was, like, in his 20s. Okay, okay. Continue. And you know Tom as a elderly sorcerer. I'm, can, I'm beginning to understand the extent of this man's power through your lore, and I love it, so yeah. continue. Um, I, I love it. Yeah. Um, and so, as time goes, uh, he walks out, and you can... I, I'm trying to paint a little imagery of the first sight of dragons for any human on the site of uh, Mula. As, uh, as Rohan walks out, he sees over the shimmering uh, ocean, the sun reflecting off, beating off, and he sees tiny whelplings flying in front of these um, picture in the hallways where there's open windows, no glass on them, like down in the medieval type walls. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? He walks down, he sees whelplings flying in and out of the uh, windows and a beast he's never seen, but we know him as dragons at this point. Um, as he goes on, uh, they, him and his party, which he's had a whole bunch of adventures on, Rohan, as a paladin, a bard, and then uh, he he teamed up with the leader of the orcs because as soon as they got outside, they f- a giant black dragon landed down, which is the ancient dragon. Uh, he rules over all other dragons. I forgot his name. Eudis. Uh, his name is Eutis. And he is the... Um, he is he's the leader of the dragons and they fought him and they almost killed him but in the process they lost two of their members in the fight and and um i should back up a little bit tom and irix were teleported away by rohan and uh now i'm gonna fast forward well, uh, just just one second. I just want to say that yeah. while I was fighting, I was Rohan, and I was with my like party, and I was fighting the ancient black dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I had such what I thought was a galaxy brain move, where uh, he wrote, uh, Udis flew up in the air, right, and he was hovering, like just watching us, and another ancient blue dragon flew down to be like, stop fucking with my master, basically, correct. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, you guys saw that dragon in my oh, campaign. Oh, shit. That was him. That was him. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to um, that. <laughs> but uh, what happened was the blue dragon flew underneath where the black dragon was, and the black dragon was floating up, and I tried two times to cast Hold Monster. And if I casted Hold Monster, it would have paralyzed the black dragon, and he would have fell to earth on top of the blue dragon and i tried to do it two times and both those times i rolled like a two and a three and i was so frustrated i never get mad in D, but i was genuinely frustrated at that moment it was 
I was hoping you would do it because that dragon is supposed to live because you know he has law reasons in the future i not to say that he's alive or dead but which one the black or the blue the, one the black one okay he, yeah, yeah. like the, he has developing keys to in my story to this day but um it's so good to know that we uh saw that blue guy yeah well, we'll, we'll like you said we'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll that. Get we'll to that. that i'll try to um speed up this one shot um, because I got a lot of explaining to do for our campaign, but basically, so they fought it. Uh, they fought off the black dragon. The black dragon retreated. Um, before uh, before he retreated, he ate two of Rohan's members, the paladin and the bard. Uh, and it was really sad because I wanted the paladin to live. It was so sad. I tried so hard to I, I help him live. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't. And now I think about it, he didn't heal himself at all as a paladin. That's so true. And I didn't I, even think about that. I didn't either. And I play a paladin. <laughs> so I was very disappointed in myself. I actually gave, uh, just side note, I gave him 25 magic item cards. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, got to, I had like literally like, because a lot of them you have to attune, attune to, to. And you can only attune to three magic items at a time. But so I, I had like, like four to attune to. Exactly. So I had like eight cards in front of me. <laughs> that was like my loadout, my weapons that I had, and like all that stuff. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Just yeah, playing a level twenty is it's it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, because there's like so much you can do, especially if you don't walk up to it. If you don't know, it's like uh, it's like boosting in World of Warcraft. If you don't build up to play a character and you don't know how to play, especially if you never played the game before, it's and Jared, you can speak about this. Jake doesn't play WoW, but now I have a WoW player. Yeah, <laughs> you do, my friend. <laughs> It, it's you can just talk about how difficult those I'll are. just leave the room I'll, I'll be I'll be back in like 20 <laughs> minutes yeah it sounds about right <laughs> no I mean you're right I feel like when you you know boost a character and wow I feel oh, like it's any kinda, MMO oh yeah and M any MMO I feel like it's a pretty good comparison to like you know just dropping into a one shot on a D&D campaign because you're not used to using any of those abilities and you i mean unless you're a super experienced D&D player that knows all of those cards like yeah, abilities uh, by heart which is very unlikely for the likes of us um but i will say that it's tough it's tough to like it takes a while to get attuned and like custom to the way you use your stuff especially because you have like 20 spells to learn and <laughs> you had a lot i even gave you two level nine spells which you're only supposed to have one at level 20 right yeah and m my thing is the only time i've ever played a spellcaster is a bard yeah so playing as a wizard was totally i out was a fish your, out of water the yeah, entire he time. wasn't he was a sorcerer sorcerer sorry yeah big difference yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh to get back to soy um, you used the mention door to escape with the goblin that was the rogue, which was friends with the orc leader. Yeah. Um, I was, I was trying to have my guy survive so bad. Yeah. And you did a really good job of it because I Thank was, you. I was actually planning to kill you all right there. But now their story lives on even more epically than I could tell because someone has to tell the story of what happened that day. Do you want me to say what happened to uh, everyone? Uh, well, well, I want to I want to tell about the orc leader. Okay, yeah, go for it, go for uh, it. But, well, if you want to talk about oh oh the end part, the yeah. very end okay. where we did end session. I will talk about the epic moment that I had with uh, the orc leader, and I pictured it 
like as I was saying oh, it was it, perfectly in my mind yeah I like, knew exactly what you were saying as I described it I saw it as a movie in my head and I've never had that happen before as a creative in my life and it was one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had in it as a creative and I was I like at thinking back on it now I like I'm almost in tears knowing that I probably never have that again <laughs> Well, we have someone who didn't wasn't there. Please describe to him and, what happened. And I'm already having flashbacks of the memory thinking about it. But so we the orc leader, which was a barbarian, told um Rohan and the goblin, which was named Sawi P wasn't Pike, it was uh, something like that. It it was it was a weird goblin name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but um, they both he used the mention door again to escape and then he um, as as they get to the docks which are burning at the point but he was in a safe area I gave it to him I wanted to kill him on the docks but then I thought the story would be better if he lived um, you you see up in the sky the ancient blue dragon that the barbarian was fighting and you see him coming uh, on top of the uh, dragon, the orc, beating down viciously on the one horn on the blue dragon. He's beating his horn into his skull. And there's other dragons that were trying to snatch him off, but they kept missing. And at the last moment, he pulled a Thor moment, and he summoned, because he had a, uh, a weapon that was blessed by the gods, and he summoned lightning and thunder and he cracked down one last thing and shattered the dragon and like shattered the uh, horn of the dragon. And this was all like 500 feet in the air. Yeah. The dragon was like flying and swooping and like doing everything it could to try to get him off. Yeah. But he was just like holding on and just like yeah. going berserk mode uh, on him. As I pictured it, his hands were engraved into the dragon's skin. As he was holding on, and he was holding on for dear life. This is fucking badass, man. And he he took this giant hammer that was surrounded with lightning and clouds as he swung down, shattering the horn of this ancient blue dragon, as I know as Artemis, I believe the name of it was. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. And he shattered it, and you saw the dragon go limp and start to fall. And then, um, oh God, I wish I knew the name. Go ahead and continue telling the story as so, I look up his name. Because so, um, as you were saying, he s smashes the horn and the dragon goes limp and starts plummeting to the earth. But so does the orc leader and he's falling from the air. And I'm like, as, uh, as Rohan, I'm like, I must save him. So I'm on the docks and I'm like, I want a dimension door into the air to grab onto him. And then while in the air, dimension door both of us back to the docks. But uh, Meyer was like, it's a little bit too far away. You can't really do that. And I was like, okay, I put a dimension door directly underneath him, 200 like feet below him. And he was like, okay. So I dimension doored and like a portal showed up and he falls through the portal and disappears. And then I put the portal in front of me and it opens and nothing comes through. So I'm like, oh my God. And I turn to the rogue, his, his like number one captain or whatever. And I'm like, stay here, like be safe. And I walk through, and a blinding light hits me. And then when I come to, I see before me Tom, Irix, and the orc leader. And I look around, and I realize that we're all in the astral plane. 
and that was end session. And they, yeah, they were trapped in the astral plane. Wow, I gotta say, I, I gotta I say, my chills over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's some next level storytelling, man. That's that's some good stuff. I and can imagine. I ima- I was imagining that the entire time in my head. Yeah, it it's crazy to think that because I didn't plan that at all. Ninety percent of the the reason for this one shot was to test out some characters' uh, voices, so I can try out voices, and I still suck at it. But and I was also testing out combat because I'm not good at combat as a DM, and I'll be honest about that. And that session turned into the backbone of my backstory or the lore to my story, and I didn't expect it to be that epic. And I'm so glad it did. Hopefully, there's many more to come. Oh yes, many many more. But yeah, so back to um the present time and everything that's going on now. Yep. So. The all the continents are at war with the Southern Council because of the summoning of dragons, and we find a few unlikely heroes that meet up in the city of Kel, the biggest trade city in all of Mula. Uh, everyone that lives there is required by law to be a part of the military till the day they die. This is including men and women. Children are not included because they're not old enough to fight. But as soon as they are of age, they fight. So, it's a high cost, high reward. Because uh, you can be very rich by just having trade and killed. Um, so, we come across our party. We have Nados, we have Fusig, and we have Xena. Z- Xena. Z- Xena. Uh, we have... Geo the Krakaris boy. Oh, we'll talk we, about Krakaris. Right, right, right. Um, and then we have uh, Will's character, which is Gordo Gordo Stone Baku. And then we have other Will's character, which is uh, Bezik. Bezik. I yes. believe it's Bezik. Yeah. It, um. So those like unlikely heroes come together, and uh, they were looking for a bit of gold because some of their gold was stolen. Uh, why they will eventually run around uh, stolen in Tom's bar, surprisingly, as that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I well, when he was first introduced, I had said, well, okay. me and you were the first to um go inside of his bar. I, I can explain the first introduction if you'd like. Yeah, we got we got gypped. I just want to put that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> so when when they first Tom Tom's bar. Was actually, um, Tom was originally a character that was not supposed to be important. You told me this, yes. And he, his concept was actually based off of, um, uh, loosely based off of another character from Critical Role. He was based off of an NPC from Critical Role, but owns a magic shop. His name is, um, oh god, why is it escaping me now? Oh no. Oh no. Tom 2.0. We'll uh, go with that. We'll okay. go with that. Okay, I'll think about it as we go on. But um, Pumat. Pumat's his name. Pumat in Critical Role. It's loosely based off him. So if you do know, that's what it's fun. But So if you walk into Tom's Bar, you see multiple of the same person in Tom's Bar. And it's all Tom. But um, they all have their different variations. They're all, their own creatures, their own entities. Which is my own twist on it. And he runs a bar, not a magic shop. Not the same thing. <laughs> um, as you walked in, uh, Fusig and uh, Nados walked in. And 
as soon as they were uh, they were greeted by a peer and Tom that came out of thin air, and he was like, "Would you like a private or public venue?" And of course, you know, we chose <laughs> Fusig and Nato, so I'm Nato's. Jacob's Fusig. We chose private. We chose private right away because that sounds fancy. And you're like, "How much it costs? Nothing. It's completely free." Yeah, exactly. He said it doesn't didn't cost anything, so we were like, "Oh, perfect. We're broke." Uh, we're looking for a place just to hang out for a little bit. Oh, and I remember the reason why we went into Tom's Bar in the first place. Why? It's because we were looking for a pub to go into, and Nados and I went to the pub that was the Druid Pub, which Gloomberry. was Gloomberry, which was covered in uh, vines and wildlife wildlife, yeah. wildlife creatures. And Nados, what, do, what, Jared? Why don't you say what Nados did? Yeah, so I saw a squirrel and uh, blasted it to smithereens. Uh, right on the tree. Um, I'll just blast right in the you. druid like alcove. So that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So um This was about like ten minutes after they met. Exactly. <laughs> so I see this and all of a sudden all the druids wanna kill us because we're destroying wildlife and you lit it on fire as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um <laughs> And I forget. Uh, oh, I do remember now because you were wet. You fell in the in the water, and um, you, were you were being dragged out, which is part of your session zero, which I told Jake about today. I didn't tell him exactly what happened, but I told him that I had one. Right. So you were getting dragged out of the water. So you were already like damp. So my quick thinking was, I tear off your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and take your wet robes and start batting out the fire with your wet robes. And thankfully, it did go out, and I had to do a charisma roll to be like, no, 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 he's just disoriented. He didn't know what was going on. It's all good. And yeah. thankfully, they were like, all right, that's fine. So we had to seek refuge in another pub. <laughs> they, I didn't expect things to escalate 30 minutes into my campaign that quickly. I, You guys could have very well died if you didn't get out of that. And <laughs> I always like to bring a little, you know, a little, little, spi- a little spice to the party. Um, but as you enter Tom's Bar, you get greeted. You go to this private venue, but he, at, as soon as you say you want a private venue, he snaps his fingers and you teleport into this nice, cozy, kind of lodgish area with a hearth in front of you and a uh, own personal Tom to bartend for you. There's cards on the table. There's about 10 chairs around this massive table. There's a couch. And you see outside a completely different environment. It's gorgeous. And um, you, uh, at this point, you realize that you guys want another plane. And you, you tried to leave, and you couldn't because you had to pay a certain amount of gold. Thought it didn't cost anything. <laughs> and, uh, to enter, it does not. To leave, right. it does. Right. Good. I like that. I yeah. like that. And so um, you ended up like discussing for a little bit, and then you use detect thoughts or one of your. Ca- like a yeah, detect thoughts with like awakened mind. Yeah, awakened mind, which is a. Um, it's just uh, like to communicate telepathically. Um, I use that, but I do have detect thoughts too. So I used like awakened mind to talk to him. At least I called out to something. Yeah, so when he entered the mind of Tom, he heard thousands of voices talking at once, which is all the Toms at once. And then he um, he used Detect uh, Thoughts to focus in on one that he heard. Right. And uh, that one appeared before him and disappeared the other Tom. And you guys made a deal to escape. 
and you will pay him later. And as you teleported out, you found um, a Tom appeared before you with a missing leg. And it was like, help me. And then it fell dead in front of you. A full leg regrown, no head. This is after we left the bar right outside. Yeah. Um, We were kind of like recuperating with the rest Mm -hmm. of the party. Um, And as soon as we walked out, that happened. So we were all just like, what in the world? And one of you made an investigation check. And you noticed that it was a different body and a different species than what Tom is. And you guys just got the fuck out. But there's a whole whole different thing going on there. Right, yeah. And I think that goes to why we were so suspicious of Tom as a person. Because immediately, at least to me, he comes off as a villain. Yeah. Which in, um, oh, 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 I can't talk about Tom yet. <laughs> well, we, uh, I that's that's actually in the keep keep going with your story. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna fast forward this a little bit. So you guys well, looking for gold? You run into this captain named Irix. Irix is a name that I stole from one of my friends' wild characters. Shout out to him. Thank you for the name. It's a cool name. Um, so we meet, run into Irish, you guys go on the ship, you travel for a few days, um, you find out that you're delivering a dragon egg back to the center continent, and um, Hogren is H- Hogriff. H- Hogren? It's Hogren. Hogren sounds right. Hogren is the name of the center island, which you guys don't know that yet, uh, but you do for the one shot. Um, so Hogren is the name of the island, you're trying to deliver an egg there, you're getting paid a thousand gold each. To deliver this egg. Big money. Yes, especially for level three at this point. And so you're on here, and then you get in a giant uh, ship battle that takes two hours IRL to do. Took way too long because no one used fucking cannons. Um, (laughs) I wasn't there for that. I I missed that session. I was Uh, sleeping the entire time. Not IRL, but... Yeah, and uh, to give a little backstory, because I forgot to say this, uh, during this time... uh, at Session one, Jared was corrupted, and I told him to touch someone in the and first session. And who did I touch? Fusig. I touched. Yeah. I touched yeah. Jake, of course. Yeah. He's right next to me, so of course. So uh, he um he also corrupted Fusig, and so um during the time that he was sleeping, quote unquote, um when he had something to do. We had a little off session where I introduced him to this dark entity that was corrupt in him. He ended up puking black blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, Irix came down and was like, uh, I heard one of my crewmates saw that she puked up blood, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, um, he was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And you tried to like talk to him and figure it out. But Irix just got up and turned away and didn't say a word to you because he inherently knew what it was but he didn't know how to deal with it yeah and he knew someone that did i.e tom tom yeah so you guys continue on and then you guys uh on the final on this current session that we on you guys go down to protect the egg because it's the last few hours before you get to it so you guys have to protect it and you guys were standing there, and then Fusik decided to tell everyone that he was corrupted, and that's what he felt like. And so Jared and Fusik go away be, and talk about it for a bit, and when they come back, they had a overwhelming power to destroy the egg. And yeah. 
they did. And Which is the power must be insanely strong because I rolled like a fifteen, but you rolled like a Jared 20. rolled a nat twenty. Yeah, he and rolled a crit. The DC you rolled a, a nat twenty. I rolled a nat twenty, and I had a f- a five modifier. It was a four modifier. or a four modifier, and you said I could I needed a twenty five. Twenty five to break it, and that's why I was like. Dude, I wish you were one more level higher, and then you could have been able to break it. But you are more corrupted than he was at the time, which makes sense. Um, So you guys come down, and you hit the egg, and five dragons come out, all of different colors. A black one, a blue one, a green one, a red one, and a silver one, all having different personality traits. You just revealed something to us, though? What? You see the black one? Yeah. Remember, we didn't see the black one. No, you did at the first... Oh, we, oh wait, what am I what am I saying? Never mind. Yeah. Um Yeah, the babies, right? Yep. And yep. when you first saw the baby black dragon, it was extremely small, the same size as the other ones. Uh time fast forward and uh you guys bonded with the dragon. One of you in particular bonded with the green dragon, which was Gordo. Yeah. I was not expecting our cleric to bond with it. I was expecting our druid to bond with it and create a new friend but she didn't go down it, it's like the meme it's like gordo's like like th- look this is my dragon pet and like the party's just like you mean our dragon pet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so then time goes on and you guys go up um while you're down there trying to tame these dragons and calm down because they were non-aggressive they were just scared uh, the black dragon escaped instantly it went by you guys without a reaction or anything it was kind of combat, but not really. And then you guys hear a loud screech from the outside. And as you go outside, you are greeted with a giant ancient blue dragon with a destroyed horn. Hmm. Which I did not say the destroyed horn part because I wanted to keep that from you at the point. Time. Yeah, I was thinking that when uh, when you said it was a blue dragon, I was like, is this the same one? It is. Right. So it survived that plummet, obviously. Maybe. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, That's the only spoilers I'm going to give for you guys. It's getting spicy. So, um, as times goes on, you guys were like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And you go up to Irix, which is the captain, and you're like, hey, okay, I need some help. Um... Like, there's dragons downstairs, and he's like, there's a fucking dragon up there. And then he was, like, loading a musket to shoot at it. And then you're like, no, don't shoot it. Yeah, like I, tried to, I tried to interject and, like, grab him. Yeah. That didn't work. I'm a, I'm a puny, scrawny little githzerai. And then as you, um, as you come back, uh, you see a black dragon that is bigger than any of the dragons you saw before in the same black dragon. That was down sales. Uh Land behind Irix. And I hope you guys were picking up on that right there. But um, he lands behind Irix and tries to attack Irix. And someone did something to stop it. Oh, someone did command. That was, uh, that, I think that was Gordo. And he said halt. And then he went and he tried to attack someone else. And he, he didn't hit anyone. And then the dragon, uh, and then, uh, Irix, realizing the danger they were in, pulled out a small bead 
uh, ball bound looking and threw it on the ground and Tom Prime appeared in front of them. And Tom Prime is a younger version than any of the Toms that you guys saw in the Toms bar. And he looked around, assessed the situation, traded a few words with you guys, and then teleported you guys back to Keld. And at that time, before you teleported, Gordo went down to go play with the dragons and, like, grabbed them. And at this, he grabbed, um, he rolled a nat one. He rolled a nat one. He crit failed. And, and he was grabbing the green, yeah, he was grabbing the green dragon, right? He was trying to put a leash on it oh, yeah, non, yeah, yeah. non-aggressively. But when he went to go do it, he accidentally grabbed its tail and... At the same time, he grabbed that sail because I wanted you guys to have a baby dragon because it's fucking sick. I appreciate it. Um, as he grabbed its tail, you teleported, so it brought the dragon with you, um, unknowingly to Tom and then for everyone else, um, including you guys until later. Then uh, you guys go back to town. Um, you ask some questions. You want to find more about your corruption. Right and yeah, that was my main goal. Like after getting paid by Irix, it was kind of uh, unceremoniously goodbye with him, because after that whole debacle, we're all—I don't know about you guys—but I was very much shell shocked. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" And Irix is just like, "Well," he kind of acted like it was just another day in the life. It was. Uh, yeah, I I know. That's yeah. why it was so um, shocking for like us level two party yeah. members. Yeah. Um, so he paid us our gold, and I'm just like, all right, thank you. Uh, yeah. Where can I find Tom? <laughs> um, and he's just like, yeah, just go this way, and you're good. So yeah. we were just like, all right. And then once we got back to the market, we kind of did our own thing for a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, you guys, um, what did you guys do? I don't remember exactly. Um, it was me and what's what's uh, other Will's character Baxon? Bezik. Uh, me and Bezik um, went. I think we went to a pub. I think we were just like chilling out. We oh, we went to Tom's. Oh no, you were there too, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everyone who owed people money to Tom, I believe, went to Tom's first. Which was us, and we paid our tab for what was it, two hundred gold? No, 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 it was fifty each. I was oh it was fifty each I thought well I I am now down quite a significant amount of gold uh, out of your thousand gold at level three calm down you're fine I still have like seven hundred we're still in good standing oh uh, well well <laughs> you're down. there's a reason why you were down so much <laughs> <laughs> um so time goes on and we uh we're gonna follow um what's his uh Geo's character for a little bit because right, Geo had the biggest uh side thing. So Geo's character um, is addicted to a drug, which is the equivalent to crack in this world. Um, Krakaris. Krakaris. And we came up with that together because he wanted to be a crack addict. And so we named it Krakaris to add a little magical flair. Which which is honestly, like, on the D&D sheet, you do see bonds, ideals, flaws. Being a drug addict is a great flaw for a character to have in D&D. He was actually going through withdrawals on the boat. And he had, like, minus effects because of it, which was really funny. Because you guys were on that boat for, like, a week and a half. And because I fast-forwarded time a little bit just so we can, for, you know, 
decency sakes because you guys I don't want you guys on the boat that long. Right, right. That was just an introduction for you guys to run into the characters that were not there session one because people joined session two, remember? We had Shady join and then we had other Will join on second vid. And right. we, uh, we asked Nick join second session. Yeah, and Nick had a we had a <laughs> well, Nick is still alive. Nick is still alive, but he I is think he's just part of the crew now. Part of Irix's crew. Yeah, you crew. know what? He's like, I wanted to go with Irix's crew. Yeah. I like the life on the sea, baby. Yeah. There you it, go. He saw the dragon and wants vengeance for <laughs> <laughs> So um so we continue on and so him being addicted, he wants to get more Kakaris, but he has a bigger plan in mind. He wants to rebuild his lamp. Uh, stand called Hot Boys Incorporated, which I think he's got the best objective out of all of us because it's so funny. Yeah, I think the best thing about him too is no matter which way you cut it, he is all for Hot Boys Incorporated. Yeah, he, did you say what the incorporation does? They sell lanterns. <laughs> they sell lanterns, and he he is a um I don't know what the name of his race is a Genif. I don't Ganashi. know. Oh, he's Ganashi, and, and he he's is a, a fire, fire sorcerer. He is a fire sorcerer that is a fire Ganeshi, which gives you extra fire cantrips of base level. He's got lots of fire. Yeah, he he wanted to basically be a firebender from Avatar. So yeah, because in Everstone, he's also basically an elemental bender as as a monk yeah, character. Yeah, he just he really wants a D and D session based around Avatar, which would be really cool. But we have two sessions going already, and we gotta find another day for and someone to DM it. And then we're gonna have another session once Jared starts yeah, up his exactly. sessions. So um, so he this entire time he's going. They have a thousand gold at this point. Everyone in the party, probably a bit more. Um, some of them. And he's going, he went to the Better Business Bureau to buy a, <laughs> to buy a business license. And so he ran into the same door he did when he had to pay a fire tax because his shop burnt down. Um, by the way, uh, someone burnt down his shop, which you guys never solved. So I'll just leave it at that. Oh, wow. I, I kind of just assumed because he was, you know, a crack addict with fire. But no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Someone burned down their shop. Arson, you're saying. Yes, of course. Um, And <laughs> don't don't tell Gio that <laughs> because he actually does think it's arson. He's the only one that thinks it in character. That's true. He's the conspiracy theorist. And all of us are like, nah, like a lamp knocked over when you were, when you were high, man. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> even though someone burnt it down. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so he, it costs 500 gold for a business like St. Kel because it's the trade city of the ward. Like, it's the capital. Everything that is, it's expensive to own something there. It's like New York, dude. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If you want okay. to start something in New York City, you know how much it costs to start a business in New York City? No, but I don't want to. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it is a lot. I, I don't actually know. I, I wish I had that statistic. It's a lot of money. Um, so he wanted $500 for that. Then he also was like, oh, can I get insurance? And then I had to, I had to come up with an insurance plan for, <laughs> for D and D. Man, DMs, DMs do it all, man. Yeah. They do it all. And that costs 150 gold for premium service. There's premium and platinum. <laughs> 
that was the funniest <laughs> thing when uh, Gordo, so Will, was like, wait, so the premium's the base, and you're like, yep. <laughs> yep, platinum is and the... platinum uh, is the plus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Premium's, like, nice, but platinum's platinum. Some good marketing. Yeah. Um, and then he, that was 150 gold. And then for a week's worth of stock was like 200 gold. So that would put him down 900 gold out of his, but if he does end up paying this, don't tell him this. I will give him a passive income over time. Oh, see, like, that's what I feel like we were trying to tell him, or at least the people around him were trying to tell him, like, if you got your business up and running, yeah, then you get your business up and running. He had an apprentice that could have ran the shop for him while he joined you on the potties, which I think he forgets about. Well, I mean, he's high on Krakaris. How is he supposed to remember? No, but I think, like, as a player, like an actual player, I think he forgot that he had a... Um, so time goes on and you guys go into, the, you're heading for Tom's. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say my favorite part from, oh, yeah. from your session yeah. was when, um, uh, what, what's his name? Geo? Mm-hmm. Geo bought lamps to, uh, <laughs> I totally forgot about this. <laughs> he, he bought lamps to He bought sell. one lamp. He, bu- he bought one lamp. No, he bought a few. Cause uh, I remember he, afterwards he oh, bought okay, more. Okay. He, he bought a lamp to sell for three gold. <laughs> And he stopped a random guy in the street. And he rolled a natural 19 on persuasion. Yeah. And he and the guy was like, okay, I'll take a lamp. And he goes, okay, three gold. <laughs> and, well, actually, what happened was he he was like, he said 19. He was like, oh, good. I'm looking for a, a present for my mistress. And then. No, but his, his sales pitch was, you want lamp? That, <laughs> that was his whole sales no, pitch. He literally held out the lamp in front of him. He was like, you want lamp? Rolled a 19 naturally. And I'm like, okay, this guy is not that smart, this random NPC. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, I'm looking for a lamp for my mistress. I, I, I was in the shop of it. And then he's like, okay, three gold. And then that, like, five minutes later, after we had that whole deal of us just laughing, he's like, I didn't even sell it for a profit. <laughs> <laughs> so he went back in. He bought. Pro- uh, he brought the products for two more lamps, so he can sell them. So now he's down nine gold, and it could be down nine hundred nine gold if he wants to. What a fantastic businessman! I gotta say. <laughs> uh, and then before we do get on the road to Tom's, yep. um, Nato's got in some trouble in uh, the town square. <laughs> I always forget this. Yeah, do you want to explain what happened? Yeah, 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 sure. So, I mean, I saw my boy down on his luck, you know, Geo, Krakaris addict and whatnot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to get this dude some Krakaris. So, I decided to peruse all the fine alleys of Kelp. Literally alley by alley. I literally just went alley to alley. I was like, all right, what do I see around me for alleys? And he was like, see like four normal just dark alleys so i hopped in the first one and i decided i was just like you know what i'm gonna yell krakaris so i was just like krakaris and you made me roll for it i believe it was for perception yeah in the first one i got like i think i got like a 10 or something something it was something like right in the middle so nothing happened so i was like all right i'm just gonna go to the next one so i did the same thing and i yelled krakaris and he made me roll again but this time i crit failed I crit failed, and all and, of a sudden... And and as he like crit failed and he was explaining, I rolled on my end to see if anyone noticed, and they rolled a natural 20. 
And I didn't say that. I was just like, oh, he's fucked. Right. So I guess two guards came up behind me. And they were like, oh, what are you doing, man? Looking for some Krakaris? And I was like, no. <laughs> and, then and I tried to roll for persuasion. Deception. Or deception. And you rolled like a four. I rolled like a four. <laughs> With a minus, right? Don't you yeah. Have a minus? No, no, no. My deception was like plus two, but I just yeah. rolled awful. <laughs> but then what happened? Uh, you cast Elders Blast. No, so they grabbed me. They were like, all right, you're coming with me, like your typical guard. And they they grabbed me, and I immediately was just like, nah, I Eldritch Blast his hand. And everyone looked at me and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I Eldritch Blast his hand. And then you crit failed And I crit failed and again. And missed completely, <laughs> and you just held out your hands <laughs> to be yeah, arrested. Yeah, I didn't even fight it at that point. I was like, you know what? Yeah, take me. Yeah. So I got taken. Wait, wait, wait. The Eldritch Blast that you rolled a nat one on didn't shoot off and hit Gloomberry again? Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> it I, did sh- I made it do that because <laughs> it was really funny and it killed another squirrel too. So I was like, you rolled a nat one, it went off and it killed another squirrel on it. <laughs> it was tough. I just wanted some Kerkaris to help a fellow party member out. Yeah. And then uh, you got arrested and you were put in the stockades and you guys were waiting for him for like an hour. And yeah. then because you guys had a meet in place and then you guys went and asked around for, you know, about like an hour or so looking yeah. around. And then we finally found out that he was locked up. So we go and we're talking to a guard and, and we see him. We're like we like make eye contact and we're just like, uh, wh- what are you doing? And, yeah. the, and the guards like, yeah, it'll be 100 gold or something like that to get yeah. him out. I, right? I kept it pretty low. I kept it 20 gold, 20 gold. Yeah. And, and um. <laughs> Yeah. And we, and I was like, okay, um, I'll pay the twenty. I was trying to do everything I could to convince him. That didn't work out. Uh, I'll, I'll get. I got. I know that. And so I pay the twenty gold, and he's getting out. And NATO starts talking mad shit to this guy. <laughs> you spit in his face. No, I spat on his boots. Oh, that's what <laughs> I was. I spat on his boots. He was. Um, I was just talking super trash to this guard and I spit on his boots and what happened? He grabbed you and put you right back in the cell for assaulting an officer. <laughs> and then he came sat, I watched all, we watched all this happen. He came and sat back down and he was like, bail's a hundred now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, man? So uh, I noticed that Geo has two lamps with him. So I'm like, all right, Look, this guy's an expert craftsman. He makes the best lamps for all the royalty all across the lands. Do you want one? And then, like, I had to roll deception or something like that. And I rolled, like, shit. And then there was another lamp. I tried it again, rolled, like, shit again. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck it. Here's 100 yeah. gold. He was getting fed up with you at that point. Because I even said that one of the lamps had a crack in it because yeah. you rolled pretty poorly. And the second one, I was just like... If the first one's cracked, what's the second one to go look like? And then I was like, he said he'd put you all in jail if you don't get the fuck out and pay. Yeah. And so I was just like, I didn't want to be rude, but it was just like, this guy's not budging. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, so you guys head to Tom's, unless you want to add anything to that eventually. No, I got out after, like, glaring the guard down, like, getting in his face one more time and then leaving. So Yeah. So you guys start to head for Tom's, and it was already late at this point. It was probably like 6 p.m., and you guys traveled through the night for a little bit, pitch black. And you're like, okay, it's probably time to rest. So you guys go off 
into the woods and you set up camp and one of uh for the first uh first third of the night someone stays up notices uh a few foxes in the in bushes and then second watch stays up and it was um Nados and who was it, it was uh Nados and Xena so it was the Zena. druid and uh, as you were looking out you noticed a looming figure out a dark right it was like so it was like the way i pictured it is i was picturing this in my head because you painted a really good scene is it was like pitch black we were on like the side in the forest like a little clearing with like a campfire we had like our bed rolls and then so our the people who are standing guard so myself and xena um i walked out onto the road and the road i saw straight ahead but then I walked back and I saw a clearing of trees by our camp. And that's where I saw the, the figure. See, I saw it as you were sitting around the campfire as you're staying up. And okay. you saw it to the right. Oh, like oh, out of like, my peripheral vision? Yeah. And okay. you're like, okay. So that's why when you said, uh, oh, I head up the road or whatever, or you head off the y- road. Yeah, I was yeah, like, exactly. I was like, what the fuck? And you're so not doing Image image displacement? Yeah, it? it's oh, fine. Okay. I, I didn't explain it uh, exactly where it was, but it was a floating blackened figure and you guys were you were fucking terrified and so was Xena at the time and you woke up the party and at this point everyone was fucking terrified because it started slowly coming at you less than an actual walking speed it just and it was hovering above the ground and as it got closer Uh, well I, I turned to the party and I was like I'm gonna go and I just walked toward it. Yeah, and you saw it walking towards it, and then it stopped as you saw it walking towards it at one point. And um, you saw it walking closer, and then you got a little frantic. And earlier in the campaign, you got an, a ball bearing that right. Irix had. Right. And you threw it on the ground, and uh, Tom appeared, Tom Prime appeared again, asleep on the ground. And as he woke up, he... He looks at he looks over at the figure and he looks at you and then he's like, "Go on, go talk to it," and you you all just like what? <laughs> I was not about it. Yeah. I was I was terrified. I I definitely knew that it was some it was not a good energy. Yeah, it, because you did roll arcana check and you knew that it was the same energy that was coming off of fusing fusing on the boat. You yeah. said that when we went off to talk. Yeah. To you know, discuss the whole corruption part. That was the exact same energy that I discovered. Yeah. Like that, I felt that presence. Yeah. It was the same magical presence. Didn't you say that when we did go into our compartment to go speak, that you didn't feel the presence anymore? Yeah. It like kind of vanished for a little bit. Because it, uh, they didn't want you to uh, know about it. They wanted you to say so you could do exactly what you did. Um. But as you summoned Tom, Tom was like, "You won't die. Go talk." And he protected you. Um, at the time, he put he actually casted protection of good and evil on you, which I you don't. You did not disclose that, but okay. Yeah, that's All why right. I was like, you All won't right. die. Don't worry. All right. And so, as you approach um, closer, you see a a completely pale figure, as white as paper, um, no shirt, um, chiseled, scarred, uh, looming character, and um, long black hair, kind of wet, um, covering the eyes and 
such like that, and his head slightly cocked to the right, staring at you. And he, uh, as he approaches, he's like, "Hello, my child." Yeah, and I was like, "Child." <laughs> I was, I was like, immediately, my eyes shot up, and I was like, oh. "Yeah." And he was looking dead at you, dead in the eyes, and he was like, "You are the first of many." And then as as like time went on, like he, you guys will look at Tom and stuff, and then he started speaking to you in demonic, right? Which you know, in because Morlock, yeah. And he was like, he said in like a deeper spoken dialect. You, he was just like, he basically admitted that like you weren't ready for his trials, right? At that point, and right? So he took you like he took his hands underneath and he. Um, he removed the corruption on you and then he slowly turned his head to you and he said, come forward, Fusig, that is, because I'm pointing IRL. And, and uh, Fusig's, I, I play Fusig kind of like, his whole shtick is he's a barbarian, but he's also like a little bit of a coward. Yeah. He's like a little bit of a coward, but he's like morally a pacifist, only gets angry like when his friends are getting hurt. So right now he's like literally entirely behind his shield, <laughs> just like going up, like eyes just peeking over, just yeah. like shaking terribly. <laughs> and he walks over and he just places his hand on your head and he removes the corruption from you as well. And then um, he said a few more things, but I don't remember exactly what he said at the top of my head. But you you know that he um, he is fond of you, Jed, of Natos. And then he, uh, as he left, you saw on the ground a tome, which this is the tome of... Um, it's it's the path that Warlock's sake. Yeah, it's I choose my otherworldly patron and... Basically, when I hit this level three, I get yeah. a tome where I can pick any three cantrips of any class, Which is and I can use them crazy. permanently through yeah. the rest of the and uh, campaign. And that upgrades as time goes on. So as time goes on, you will be able to open the tome and read from it oh. and stuff. Oh, okay. If you rolled high enough on the first time, which you didn't, you need an AC of 20, you didn't roll 20, or... Uh, you know, it didn't add up to a 20. You would have been able to unlock it, but it wouldn't add it anything to you. I rolled like, I, I remember I rolled like a 5, a 7, and then like a 12, and like a 12 wasn't enough, so I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And uh, that was, you guys all went to rest, and that was the end of first, fourth session. I thought it was very well done. though. I'm, ex- I'm ex- very excited and in suspense for the next session. Yeah, I, I don't know how I did, because... I had I had the idea the dragon egg thing was going to happen. The dragon was going to show up and you were going to meet Narul. That was my plan. Everything else was improv. I didn't write anything else down. Yeah, no, I, I thought it went very well. And um, it's it's kind of funny that we're recapping all of this because it's like reminding me things in my head of like different things we can do. Like, for instance, I completely forgot about uh, Tom's that weird body that showed up decapitated because I was like, okay, now that we're all cured, what's the point of going to Tom? But now in my head, I'm just like, huh, that is suspicious. Maybe we should talk to Tom prime about that. Yeah. Well, Tom prime is gone now. I know, but but we're on the road to him. 
Yeah, which you could get there in less than a day because it 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 was a one day travel to there. You could get there by before evening if you left early morning. Right. Yeah. So it's not far, and it's it, the description you guys had was a very tall tower. Right. Yeah. And that's it. So it's it's pretty easy to and um our um, our other whales character is the eagle race. Uh, I forget what it's called. Starts with an A. Arakoa, I it believe. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So he can fly as well, but he yep. wasn't like scouting for you yet, but he can if he wanted to. Yeah, so I think um, we got a lot to think about for next session. And it's funny because after we finished, normally you and I trade off um, weeks. Like we do an Everstone, then we do a Narul's Grip. And uh, we kind of like pose the question, like, let's have a vote. Who wants to do, what do we want to do next week? Do we want to do Everstone or Narul? And literally everyone was like, I don't care. Yeah. I would literally play either session <laughs> because we are we are in tense moments in both of them. Like you, you guys had a tense we uh, in my campaign, and now we also have a tense moment in yours where we already recapped that. But like, holy shit, we had a player character die. I'm on my fucking deathbed. Like, I think the greatest thing about this is that we're like level three in your campaign and so much shit has happened. And then we're like, what, level f- five in your campaign and a tremendous amount of things have happened. So I'm I've never played a D&D character past level five. So this yeah. is going to be really fun. I'm excited. I haven't played one past one until Jake's campaign. So mm-hmm. this is it's really exciting to see what happens. But. I I I ooh, I just want some more like backstory on my my fellow party mates because I know we know nothing about each other. I have like a full written out backstory of Lord Maya. Yeah, that's something that um, because right now the Everstone quest, the main quest of Everstone, is kind of coming to a close after about twelve, thirteen sessions or so. So I do think because right now. You did all come out of that almost dying, basically, especially yeah. you. Um, and I do think that a sit down at a campfire, everyone rest, maybe have some really good character moments, like comes to you, and yeah. you guys like talk about each other because you're about to go into something that like some of you might not survive, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> about that, we should do some side quests first. I think that kind of tying back to what we were talking about in the beginning like these off combat character interactions could really mold like the direction yeah of both of these campaigns coming up the off out of combat characters that you're talking about like that's that's something that critical role does very well and right. that's uh, that's what i want to achieve as a party is to get to the point where they're like they're in the moment and they are professional actors i'll give them that but like I like I want to I want everyone to try to be in in their character the entire time and it's hard to do because you know we're amateurs most of us some of this is a first session but like if everyone was in that the game would be so much better and I try my hardest to do that and I know you guys do as well yeah I think it'll come with more time too like you said we're still you know kind of getting our feet wet with this I I know I mean I need at least like two more years of experience before I'm to like, you know, fully fledge out like people I do it with every single time. I mean, I do it with you guys every single time because I, I love you guys, but 
and I hope that's how it continues in the in the future. So of course, I'm excited to play a character with you. Yeah, man. Um, uh, the only time we've ever played a character, I think you were in it too, was Will's session. That back was a one shot, basically. It was basically a one shot. We were gonna try to start a campaign, but it kind of ended in a way that's like, well, I mean, like we all of us didn't really know where it was going to go and we were already doing another campaign at the time so it kind of fizzled out at that point and the the focus came to another session so now that jared is going to be uh taking the reins as a first time dm yeah that's right uh first time dm uh it's going to be a lot of fun to see one what you come up with and two to actually get to play characters with um my podcast co-host Meyer over here. Oh, I'm excited. I started giving you guys a little rundown of little the machinations of what's going on in my mind at the moment. So Yeah, I'm excited. And God, I would really love that if we had a DM for us three. Oh my god, could you imagine? Holy shit. We <laughs> We should just get Will to do another one. We we, we've been talking one. about it, but we need to do a different day. Yeah, I agree. Because I we can't do have three alternating campaigns. Yeah, and my schedule just changed um, for work. So, I mean, I'm going to be working Wednesdays now, guys. So, I it just happened it just happened today, so. Well, well, that is the end of our D&D sessions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not even kidding because uh Shaylee works on ones uh, every other day. Well, we're we're gonna we'll try to come up with another day, and I think we'll be able to accomplish that. It might take like a week or so to figure out what day we're gonna do, but that's an off the podcast kind of topic. Yeah, we. But saying this now, we should start talking about that now. <laughs> yes. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I think we're uh, running a little bit over time. I I wish we could talk more about your. Uh, session and or your campaign and what you have thoughts on but i guess i guess sorry man you just have to come back and be back on the podcast again completely cool with that um hopefully we'll have a session for you know what's going on with my campaign in the future um but yeah it's been a pleasure to be on Uh, this is my first podcast ever too so it was nice to talk to you guys you want to shout out anything yeah anything you want to plug and say goodbyes to when uh see your final words uh shout out to you guys shout out to you guys for making this podcast i think it's really cool i think that you guys uh got a lot of gumption for doing it and have you know really kind of helped me flesh out my creative side because as uh, meyer knows i really wasn't like when he met me as a freshman in college i really wasn't you know as into this stuff as i am and now it's you can't get me out true 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 awesome man um and meyer what about you any shout outs goodbyes um, as usual, my Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Lord Mayo. I don't stream, but you know, it's great. And, um, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, check out our podcasts on other platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, we were on Spotify, Anchor, uh, check out, you know what, follow our Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, uh, everything is dudes roll one word everywhere. It's pretty easy to find us. Yeah. I mean. It's beautiful, and I think we have something coming soon. Uh, I I don't I don't want to say it, but we have something coming soon that I think we've been, we talked a little bit about today. I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah. we'll mm-hmm. we'll refresh once we hit the pause button on this. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Last but not least, me. Um, shout out Jared for being on here. Pretty last minute. I we uh, were thinking of topics for today. Uh, obviously, we're gonna re- recap the rules grip. 
but um i was like you know what what's jared doing today and you're like you know what i'll facetime him right now yeah and if you didn't pick up that facetime we probably just would have done the podcast without you yeah yeah no he called me at work and i was closing uh helping close the branch and I was like, "What? I might work. What? What do you want?" And he's like, uh, "You've been casted." And I was like, "Okay, I'm there. I'm there." <laughs> so uh, that's all from Dudes Roll. Uh, make sure to check us out on it, on everything else. Dudes Roll, one word, and uh, stay safe out there, travelers, and roll well.